0: Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Thursday, March 31st, 2022. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, and we look to do that here every day as well. We'd love to hear from you in the comments below, and always, always, always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all the social channels, including Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you are watching this on YouTube, as the kids say, smash the subscribe button. Following the rundown of today's top cannabis news and industry insights, we'll be joined by Scott Kenyon, the CEO of Work, a technology company working with cannabis companies on HR compliance and operations in our B of C live conversation Yesterday, we had the latest installment of our retail series to talk about how cannabis retailers and cannabis dispensaries can ready themselves for the 420 holiday. The event was made possible by business of cannabis partners Leafly and Vitrina Group and featured deep dives from retailers like Stoked Cannabis and Jars Cannabis, as well as best-in-class insights from Vitrina Group and Headset. You can see a full recap on our website. The link is below. In September, we'll be back in New York for Business of Cannabis New York. For a two-day bonanza, talk about all things New York, but also cannabis retail tech, design, and data. Again, that's September. Links on information is below and on businessofcannabis.com. For today's top stories, Canadian LPs have low expectations for U.S. legalization happening immediately. Riv Capital buys New York's Etain for $247 million dollars. Right next to New York, Vermont preps for cannabis retail, and Celadon lists on the AIM the first UK cannabis company to do so in 21 years. For the first story, the Canadian cannabis industry isn't holding its breath for a positive outcome looking ahead to this Thursday debate, that's today, and tomorrow's vote on the Moore Act in the House of Representatives. This is in the Canadian press. Larger cannab- Canadian ca- companies have already started readying themselves for le- federal legalization in the U.S., despite it potentially being years away. Safe banking, which is not being considered today, uh, would also benefit Canadian companies hoping to enter the U.S. market, but that is not happening today. Canopy's David Culver, who lobbies Capitol Hill, said legislators can learn from Canada, including how taxes need to be set in order to compete with the illicit market. Now, the U.S. is also focusing more on social justice than we have here in Canada. But so far, that's really been on the state-by-state level, not on the federal level, although Senator Chuck Schumer and the Senate would actually like to change that for our second story. Formerly known as Canopy Rivers, Riv Capital is acquiring New York-based medical cannabis retailer Attain for $247 million in cash and stock, uh, which is financed by Scott miracle Grow subsidiary the Hawthorne Collective. This is also in the Canadian press. Attain has four dispensaries, and Riv will invest in creating four more and an indoor cultivation facility focused on premium cannabis. The deal also marks the end of Narbe Alexandrian's four-year run as CEO of Riv Capital. Mark Sims will take his place, and if you want to see what Narbe Alexandrian had to say about uh, being uh, not the CEO anymore, check out his tweet on Twitter. Also, you can see a recent interview uh, that we had with Alexandrian this year on businessofcannabis.com for our third story. As of Tuesday, 427 applications for pre-qualification for Vermont's new adult-use cannabis market has been submitted by cultivators, retailers, manufacturers, and more. This is in the Associated Press. Now, pre-qualification looks at criminal records as well as civil and potential administrative law adjudications, but that's just the beginning. The actual licensing application process kicks off Friday, that's tomorrow, April Fools, for, our, for small producers and lab testing, then for all cultivators starting May 1st. Retailers can start to apply for licenses starting September 1st. After an RTO with Vertagrow technology and our fourth story and, and a free branding from Summerway Capital, to Celadon Pharmaceuticals, the company is now listed on the alternative investments on Monday reports. This is according to uh, Business Camp. It's the second British cannabis IPO in two weeks and the second company to list on AIM since 2001 when GW Pharmaceuticals was listed. So why are there so few? Well, the AIM is, quote, the natural place for a lot of cannabis companies, especially in the UK as they grow. This, according to DLA Piper Senior Associate Dylan Kennett, the less rigorous regulated market may be less attractive to companies aiming to act by the book. Without institutional investment, too, some may not be ready to list at all. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 12,000 others and catch all of these stories and much, much more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Now, coming up on the BFC Live segment, we are connecting with Scott Kenyon. He's the CEO of Work, which is an HR-focused cannabis tech compliance firm. Here is this conversation with Scott Kenyon. Scott, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Jay.
0: Um, I'm excited to have you because I, uh, I like cannabis. That's sort of my uh, my go-to. But I am also interested in, well, the technology that powers the whole uh, ecosystem of cannabis, but also, um, especially technology that either was developed specifically for cannabis or there is needs for cannabis specific versions of what exists in the outside world. Is that, Am I talking to the right guy?
1: You are, for sure.
0: Good. Tell me Tell me about Work before we get into it. Tell me a little bit about um, the technology and sort of the, the, the need behind it for cannabis companies.
1: Yeah, so Work's the largest uh, payroll and HCM provider for cannabis. HCM is human capital management. So think of it once you, it helps you recruit and hire employees, but the real meat of the product is after you've hired an employee, how do you bring them, help them bring them on, to help develop them, help manage them, help set schedules. So our platform was built um, with cannabis in mind and helped, and really helps to solve a lot of the challenges that cannabis has um, that other industries don't.
0: Which are uh, compliance, rapidly changing regulations, like what are the, what are the key things that existing cannabis that uh, your tech sort of addresses uh, th- that isn't addressed by other tech out there?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's like you said, compliance is the big one. Early on in our formation of our company, and we're, we're about seven years old, we're about to turn seven years old. Um, we we had the IP around getting banks to certify or take on cannabis customers. So we would worked with uh, a handful of banks around the country and said, hey, here's the process we're gonna go through with our customers. And they would tweak it a little bit, then they'd be comfortable. We'd meet with the auditor. So you know, even though it's federally illegal, um, there are ways for cannabis money to be moved within the industry. Um, the hardest thing still is just for consumers to pay um, <laughs> with uh, something other than cash, but we've made it easier and we haven't solved that. And we won't really until if you um, did, so though. You. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but but really, I mean, imagine we're the largest, as I said earlier, largest payroll provider in cannabis. Um, we moved over $3 billion last year in cannabis, um, and we'll move anywhere between 4 and $5 billion this year. So we're not talking this is some small mom and pop industry. There's serious dollars going
0: around. And getting bigger, right? And I, and I guess that's the question right there is you're talking about being seven years old when it wasn't nearly as large as it is today. And there were even more hesitant banks out there to sort of work in the cannabis realm. But as companies like you, and if I'm a bank, you're you are ensuring the compliance component, you're making sure everything is on the sort of inside of a business compliant, up to date, even with constantly changing regulations, uh, and massively growing workforces must be challenging too. Like those are the things that the bank wants to know about in order to take those deposits, yeah?
1: For sure. And, and what a bank really wants is as low risk as possible, right? And cannabis is risky because it's so hard to operate in. But we're, we're able to eliminate the risk um, to a degree where they're, they're comfortable with It allows our customers to worry about other things that they don't need to worry about their banking relationship because they've gone through all the hoops that we've put up in front of them.
0: Got it. Let me ask you a question. I mean, I, I'm not me, but well, I am a cannabis business, but I'm a cannabis business. I'm growing rapidly. I'm in one state or many, like what's the, what's the sort of core size of a company that would, that would call and say, we need your help now. Or generally when they call, did they need it like six years ago? (laughs) Like like if they're calling or is it already too late?
1: Yeah. I would say our small business customers probably needed it six to 12 months ago. Um, But, you know, their company expanded rapidly, which is great for them. and something that they probably thought they could do on their own. But when you go from six employees to 18, it's a whole different game. Also, I think I I talked to a lot of small business owners who have had other small businesses outside of cannabis, and the amount of time just to stay in compliance with state regulators, they they didn't have to deal with that when they owned a laundromat or a tire shop or whatever. So what they realize things they used to spend time on, they don't have that time anymore. And payroll is a prime example of that. So th- that's where I'd say in the small business, in the larger enterprise space, they, they've been on it for a while. And um, our, our product is built for mid-sized enterprise customers. Um, that said, s- small business customers are on our, pro- on our platform all the time and utilizing it as much as large enterprises
0: let me ask you a question because you mentioned sort of state regulators and many of the businesses that I'm sure you work with and if you go on your website, you'll see like are operating uh, across state lines, right or are I mean there are play of employees in multiple states. like that's not uh, now it's more complicated, twice as complicated. It's actually more than that if you're running a business right? You're running in four legal states. It's not four times more difficult. It's actually some multiple of that because yeah. of the different regulations, but you're operating as an enterprise like I, I assume the technology sort of addresses those complications that as you said mom and pop or even another you know a car dealership that operates in three states isn't dealing with
1: yeah and let's just an example of that it's, it's a great point jay an example is california um we have you know the industry has grown tremendously in part-time employees um but part-time employees if they go over that part-time allotment they get trigger for overtime Right. Well, if that overtime happens to be on a Saturday, Sunday in California, that comes not just a time and a half, but an extra piece. Well, in the you know prior to joining our our platform, that small business owner would have had to go in there and make those manual adjustments. Here, it's just automatic. So again, just one less thing that, that somebody has to worry about.
0: Yeah, it's complicated, and that's California, which is. Um... Well, well, you're in Texas, which is not Texas. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, it's just not Texas, right? Um, yeah. it, it, but but you know you know New York looks a lot more like California than um, than Oklahoma does, right? I mean, it, it is a complicated business and as you grow, it becomes more complicated to operate across you know in different states, layer on top of that uh, compliance around cannabis and 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 even layer upon that this really critical relationship that you are now sort of lined up for with banks, right. It all becomes very, very challenging. And as you sort of look ahead and, and the new markets, like it, 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 it seems to me, and you'll, you'll tell me with some of your clients now, like it is, it's not getting easier. It's getting more complicated. And even though, you know, you're talking about banking regulations in DC, like it, it is getting more complicated because the companies are growing so rapidly and it's incredibly competitive. So like they have, it's not three-dimensional chess it's almost something more than that they need to have their ducks in a row is my point as things evolve and sort of answer you're answering the call to that
1: yeah and it's even with my own organization we we see this we we and and the biggest msos have this where they have experts in their states right and and we have that for i mean we have 50 states um well, not all we're not collecting tax in all of them but all the taxes you know states that we have cannabis companies in um, we're collecting taxes so I have to have experts in you know Arkansas as well as Michigan as well as Oregon, Colorado, California. so um, you know all of our employees should be you know trained at a general level um, but we have specific training specific for tax and then um, employment laws that that people have to follow that that we uh, we have specialty in so um, we're no different than an MSO in that aspect, and um, that's just part of being in Canvas. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's like you could have a whole, like, big whiteboard. Well, I'm sure it's not a whiteboard, it's technology, but like, and just, you know, start kicking down what is unique about that state. You know, you talked about California overtime regulations, clicking over whatever that sort of hourly rate uh, it sort of is. And I guess the, the one question that's sort of left to ask is, do you keep everybody in line with the big sword behind you? <laughs>
1: The, yeah, there, there's two swords behind me. Those are my, and behind the worksheet is um, my great-grandfather's discharge um, from the the Army in 1863. Wow. So, yeah, my mother never liked them displayed in, in our house. And I, you know, as a kid, you go through every closet in the house. And I found these in the closet. And um, when I was a grown adult, I said, hey, can I take those? And she was like, yes, please. Please. House. And now my wife is mortified that they're on the wall. And <laughs> so now they're on business of cannabis, so it's okay. Yeah, but it's right next to Smokey the Bear, you know. So oh, I, I like, like that. that. Safety first.
0: Yeah, exactly. Only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's, it's, it happens to be true, although that yeah. isn't actually true anymore. But I still like <laughs> Smokey, um, Scott. I want to thank you for your time and thank you for uh, giving us insight into work. We look forward to connect with you down the road and uh, keep up the good work.
1: Hey, thanks, Jay.
0: You got it. That was episode 58 of the Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for those keeping track. And thank you for joining us here on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. And we ask you to please do subscribe and we will see you tomorrow. No kidding.